You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Friday, February 19th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Michael Nania of JetsXFactor.com is back with us today. Michael joined us on Thursday to talk about the free agent class on the offensive side of the ball. And today, Michael and I will discuss free agents on the defensive side of the ball who could interest the New York Jets in the 2021 offseason. I'm not sure whether you have anybody for the defensive line, because if you look at the Jets roster right now, I think the defensive line is the one position where I feel like they're pretty much set. I mean, you could tell me maybe they could add an extra guy or two, but this is probably the lowest priority spot on the team for me. Do you have anybody there, or do you think the Jets just focus on other positions where they actually need some help? No, I I agree with you for sure. The interior D-line, I don't think it needs to be touched at all. Fully Father Kossi's as good as it gets as – a nose tackle in this league. Well, not, he's not necessarily a pure nose tackle. He does move around on that interior. But in terms of just run stuffing or run defense at that position, he's as, about as good as it gets. Quinton Williams is a two-way star. And John Franklin Myers, in terms of a pass rusher on the interior, is as good as it gets at that position. Uh, then you have Nathan Shepard in there as well, who's a pretty nice fourth piece. So uh, I, I mean, beyond that, they'll, they'll probably need to add a fifth or sixth guy. Henry Anderson is going to get cut. So um, you could definitely add a little bit more depth in there. Uh, so the bottom of that depth chart will probably change, but I think one through four that there really doesn't have to be any change there. Absolutely. However, on the edge, I think there needs to be a lot of change. Uh, not a spot the Jets are that good at. And look, it's tough to find edge rushers in free agency it's such a valued position in the NFL. The good players typically never hit the open market. I think, generally speaking, I address the edge through the draft. Are there any edge rushers? Yeah, I think there are definitely quite a few edge rushers that could make sense for the Jets, especially as they switch to presumably a 4 3 defense with Salah and Jeff Ulbrich. There are a lot of good fits for that, guys who can line up as a five-technique defensive end and make a lot of noise as pass rushers. Uh, the number one guy for me is Carl Lawson. I think he's a very underrated player. He was near the top of the league, uh, I believe fifth in pressures among edge rushers this past season. Um, uh, he was actually fourth among edge in pressures. Um, he only had five sacks, but that really underrates him because, again, he was fourth in pressures, so he's about as good as it gets in terms of pass rushing. Romeo Okwara was fifth in pressures. Kerry Hyder, who played with the Niners last year, was 13th. And Trey Hendrickson was 21st. So those are a few guys who make sense. And there are a lot of other good players who might not be tailor-made scheme fits but are good enough to where you should consider them. Shaq Barrett is said to hit free agency after leading the position in pressures. Um, so if he does shake free, he's a guy you definitely want to put your name in the ring for. Uh, and then there are some other guys who I think are – 
pretty underrated names to look at. Alden Smith had a solid season returning to the league. Uh, Jadeveon Clowney is a guy who I think is sort of flown, is going to fly under the radar now. He just had a zero sack season. He missed half of his games. But in spite of those things, when he did play, he still put up really good numbers in terms of pressures uh, in his run defense. So maybe he's a guy who has, is going to have gone from being overrated to now to the point where he's underrated to where he's actually uh, – the level he's actually playing at. Um, and Gakwe from the Ravens is a very interesting wild card, a guy who was at one point a couple years ago a clear-cut top 10 to 15 edge but has now had a couple of quiet seasons, took a step back in 2019, and then even further back this season to the point where he's just playing at about an average level. So Ngakwe will be interesting. He's only going to be 26 this season. He's got a lot of talent, but back-to-back years of not producing much. So maybe the Jets do uh, are one of the teams that are willing to take a gamble on him. Um, but across the board, there are some uh, quite a few good options at edge, I think. So this should be a position where – the Jets are really aggressive. I guess I have to retract that st- my statement about there typically not being good edges available because you just named quite a few. Uh, you know, one guy you mentioned, Carl Lawson, is somebody I've been a fan of even back to when he was being drafted. On the website every year, we have this kind of fake parallel draft that as the Jets are drafting, you pick players with them. And I remember the year he came out, I picked him, I think, in the third round. And so I've been a fan of his and I've been following him and I agree with you. He's very underrated. And I've been thinking about Clowney too, because there was so much hype around him last off season, probably too much hype from Jets fans and, and media covering the Jets, because I never felt like that was very realistic, but to me, like this is the year where you sign Clowney, where maybe his stock is down a little bit. And as you said, he went from being overrated last year where people were treating him as though he was kind of like this, defense changing pass rusher to now when he's coming off a year with zero sacks, you never hear anything about him and he is. So I think that's the kind of thing you try and do in free agency is you try and get players when their perceived value is lower than it really is. You know, Clowney is probably a guy who cost himself money by the way he approached free agency last year. He totally overplayed his hand and then coming off a season where he did not record a sack Maybe people are irrationally low on him. You could get a decent deal for him. Yeah, exactly, because the the sack column is definitely something that misleads people a lot. And we just talked about Lawson, a guy who only had five sacks, which isn't really much. Jordan Jenkins just had an eight-sack season a couple years ago. But in reality, he's creating a lot more impact than that in terms of how much pressure uh, that he's generating. And Clowney, it's a similar uh, similar situation with him. Zero sacks this season, but he still played really well when he was – and the injuries are a concern, missing uh, eight games this season, three the season before that. So that's an issue. But when he was out there this year, um, his pressure numbers were well above average. His run defense was well above average. So he's still a very good player, not a superstar, not a number one pick caliber player at this point of his career or at least at the peaks that he used to be at with Houston. But he's still a well above average edge rusher, regardless of the sack column. So he could be a, a very a, a good bargain at this point of his career based on the injuries uh, and the lack of sacks. The Jets may be looking for bargains at the edge rusher position. If you want a bargain, check out the Built Bar Flash Sale for the Coconut Puff Bar. 
It's luscious chocolate, soft marshmallow, 16 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only 6 grams of sugar. Gluten-free and preservative-free. A one-day sale. Order now at BuiltBar.com. Now let's talk about the linebacker position for the Jets. And it's a position where it's difficult to know what you're going to get because presumably you're going to have C.J. Mosley back next year. And he hasn't played in two years, essentially. I think he's going to be on the team because you just don't really save a lot of money by trading him and his contract makes him impossible to cut. The spot next to him, though, is kind of a wild card. You know, does Neville Hewitt come back? It's difficult to say. Any players worth watching at linebacker? Yeah, this is a really interesting position that should be talked about more as a weakness. They really struggled the past two seasons there with Mosley out for, you know, the vast majority other than two games in 2019. But presumably he'll be back and starting. And if he is the same player that he was uh, when he was healthy, it should be a huge upgrade. And he should be one of the better linebackers in the league. But then next to him, you have a huge hole. Neville Hewitt is a free agent. And uh, he's a player who I I think is is sort of overrated because of the tackle numbers. He really struggles and coverage and and that's really the main thing you want out of your linebackers today is to be able to cover and that doesn't even necessarily mean man-to-man coverage it's just about knowing where to be on the field to shut down throwing lanes and take away stuff over the middle and Hewitt is just not good at that so especially in this defense where it's more important um, in a on a unit that is going to have uh, four down linemen for most of the time uh, for at least in their base packages you got to have ranginess and coverage ability at linebacker you saw fred warner with the niners the past couple seasons was an absolute stud in coverage and it it, that's important in this defense so you definitely need that so i'm not sure if hewitt could be brought back for depth of course but as the starter next to cj mosley that doesn't seem ideal so and obviously there's no one else on the roster that can fit that bill you have blake cashman who does project as a good fit in this defense he in terms of the player you think he could be it's exactly what you want. But again, you're just hoping he can be that because he has not been healthy the first two seasons of his career and we haven't seen him become that player yet. But uh, as long as he's healthy, he should have a good chance to become a good good player in this defense because it is a good fit for what he does well. Uh, he just has to keep developing. But in terms of free agency, I think there are some guys who fit the bill. A, a really underrated player is Nicholas Morrow from the Raiders. He's a good fit for uh, – he played in a 4-3 for the Raiders, so he is a fit in that Will-Sam linebacker sort of role that they'll need next to C.J. Mosley. Great in coverage, at a very good coverage season, and as a pass rusher and blitzer. So he he does fit those two, the passing game value part uh, of the equation. His numbers and coverage were very good last year, and he's only going to be 26 years old. So he's a guy who I think could be a really good scheme fit. And just in terms of filling the need of coverage – next to C.J. Mosley. Uh, Jayon Brown from the Titans, similar deal, younger guy, good in coverage, Only uh, is only going to be 26 when the season starts. Uh, did miss six games this past season, but another guy who has experience in this type of scheme and is a very solid player in coverage. So those two guys really stand out to me, Morrow and Jayon uh, Brown from the Titans. Um, but Gerard Davis from the Lions is another one. Didn't Wasn't a starter this past season, was more of a situational player, but another guy who's good in coverage. He can be sort of that sub-package guy for you, uh, that Sam linebacker maybe comes in for only a quarter of the snaps or so per game. Um, so he could fit that role. 
Um, Denzel Perryman from the Chargers is a really interesting one. He was uh, another guy who was only situational last season, only 24 snaps a game, but in all three phases, coverage, run defense, and as a blitzer, he was ridiculously efficient. Very, very good. Uh, he's going to be 29, so it will be interesting to see if that was an outlier, but he was very good last season on a per-snap basis. So Perryman could be a very good uh, bargain uh, bargain signing for someone out there. But uh, the two guys I'd look to as a, a potential answer as a starter in free agency next to Mosley would be Nicholas Morrow from the Raiders and Jayon Brown from the Titans. Oh, man, Denzel Perryman. You know, that name brings back a memory for me. I remember the year he got drafted, there was some other mock draft I took part in playing the role of the Jets. And I remember in the comments when I announced it on the website, somebody got mad at me because they I had passed on Perryman and whoever the commenter was declared that I had passed on the next Ray Lewis. So that's my that's what always comes to mind for me when Denzel <laughs> up. So maybe Joe Douglas can right my wrong from a few years ago and bring Den- Denzel Perryman to the Jets. Although I think it's pretty clear at this point of his career, well, it might be a good bargain. You're not getting the next Ray Lewis. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Although, look, I, I got to be honest, and, and the numbers are here on this article at Jets X Factor that I put together that has all the linebackers ranked. The numbers he put up last season were sort of Ray Lewis-esque, so I'm not, I'm not saying that maybe he could be the next Ray Lewis. Maybe you were right. I don't know. Anyway, let's talk about cornerback, which – as a position the Jets have had issues at for years. And, you know, Bryce Hall looks like maybe he's a player. Maybe not. I mean, I don't know what you can expect out of him. Bless Austin's been very up and down. Will they bring back Brian Poole, who's been very, very effective in his two years with the Jets? You know, it's tough to say, but I think there are nothing but question marks at corner. And I think clearly there needs to be upgrades here. Oh, yeah, this is one of those positions where the Jets kind of have to get a starter in free agency because, look, of course, you can find talent in the draft. Uh, they could be in a good spot to get a corner uh, with either that late first-round pick or the second-round pick, but uh, they have to get a starter. They only have – really the only guy on, your, on the team who you could be sort of confident in as a starter is Bryce Hall, and he's a guy who only started a few games at the end of last season, so you're optimistic about him but that's, that's not a lot of security. And then beyond that, there are just no starting caliber talents on the roster. Um, Brian Poole is one of the guys on the team who actually is good at corner, but he's a free agent. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. He had uh, another very good season, one of the best uh, cover guys in the league, really across the board in every single stat. Uh, and, and he's the best slot guy in the free agent market for sure, which was the case last year. And it was interesting that he only got, that one-year deal from the Jets and didn't get a more lucrative long-term deal from them or anybody in the league. So it will be interesting to see what happens now that he's had back-to-back seasons cashing, uh, just validating his performance on a one-year deal, whether he gets another. He's going to be 29 during this season. Um, so it will we'll be interesting to see if he gets another one-year deal or if now some team is willing uh, to invest in him. Uh, but bringing back Poole should be a priority for me, I think. Uh, it depends on what they think of him as a scheme fit in this new defense. I think he does fit the bill because this defense is less about having a lockdown man-to-man guy and more about sort of instincts and range and tackling and zone coverage. And I think those are areas where Poole does thrive and, and has 
been those are the areas where he has played well to make himself this top-notch slot corner. So I think he is a fit. I think bringing him back should be a priority. Then on the outside, you need another starter and as much depth as you can get. Uh, but this is quietly, I think, a pre- at least in terms of the numbers these guys put up last season, quietly a pretty good cornerback market. And a lot of the best options were 49ers last year, which is really interesting. Jason Verrett had a great season. Injuries, obviously, problem with him, but he was elite last season and his first healthy year in a long time since 2015. Uh, Richard Sherman obviously has injury questions. 11 missed games this past season. He's going to be 33, but he was very good last season yet again. It seems like he still has some left in the tank. If he's interested in coming over, uh, Akella Witherspoon's only 26. He had a good season when he was healthy this, uh, this past year. Um, that is one theme in this market. A lot of these guys had injury questions last year. Not a lot of durable cornerbacks in free agency. Um, Ronald Darby had a good bounce back season. He was really bad for the Eagles in 2019, but went over to Washington. He played good this past season and played every single game. So a rare durable guy. Um, Xavier Rhodes is 30, going to be 31 years old, but he had a bounce back season for the Colts after the Vikings let go of him following a bad season. Um, so there are a decent amount of good starting options on this free agent market, which uh, you wouldn't think at first glance, but when you really dig into uh, some of the numbers that these guys put up, there are a lot of above average starters that the Jets could look at. So I think it's important that they do come away with someone who could start in the outside opposite Hall. And then in the slot, you have to find, I think bringing back pool makes a lot of sense uh, in this, in that slot role. And you said it last year, pool only got a one year contract and to me, that's kind of the story league-wide. It seems to me like front offices have not caught up with how important the slot corner is. In reality, it's a it's a starter, and it's an important starter on your football team in today's NFL. But it seems like the way the front office guys value it, it's, it's like they still view it as kind of a part-time position the way maybe it was 15, 20 years ago when offenses were primarily running two receiver formations. Yeah, it's very it's very odd to see. I mean, Poole played 68% of the Jets' snaps in 2019. Uh, and then this game when he was healthy, he was usually playing uh, the majority of the snaps. He was over 90% in four games, over 80% or over 75% uh, in seven games out of the nine that he played. Um, and obviously he got injured in the last of those. So uh, the majority of the time he was playing over three quarters of the snaps, almost all of them. So it, it's interesting to see the sort of that slot corners don't get paid like some of the other elite corners in the league, even though it's such a hard position. And we see games won and lost based on how slot receivers perform across the league. It's becoming so hard to cover them. So see, when you when you have a guy like Poole, who actually does a good job of locking those guys down, he's only given up one touchdown in slot coverage over the past two seasons with the Jets. So there are a lot of teams in the league would love to have a guy like that. It was it was really shocking to me to see how underpaid he was last season. So we'll be interesting to see if, if that happens again, because even though he did replicate his performance, he's another year closer to 30, and he also had injury questions this year. So if the Jets can get him, steal him on a one-year deal again, uh, that, that would definitely be incredible. So I, I think bringing back Poole is a priority. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. 
BetOnline also covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost everything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. And if you head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now let's move to the safety position. And I think most Jets fans are in agreement that plan A should be bring back Marcus Matt and have him play with Ashton Davis. Let's say hypothetically, though, for whatever reason, May leaves. Do you have any plan Bs for us? Yeah, well, first of all, Marcus May, I do agree with that. And, and May's a guy who has his warts. You know, they're, they're, he's had some big missed tackles. He, he's not a great tackler. He's about average in terms of his missed tackles. Uh, there were some plays this season in which he was beaten, and he was sort of lucky that the quarterback didn't convert the throw. But overall, even considering all of that, uh, just when you look back at – you just compare him to the rest of the guys across the league, and he's just bet, he's just better than most of them. No one else really uh, is in the same neighborhood in terms of the free agents this year. Um, in terms of his production over both this past season and in the seasons throughout his career, he's been pretty consistent the past three years. So he's got, he actually has the ninth best pro PFF grade over, among safeties over the past three seasons. Uh, and he had his best season this, this past year in 2020, the second best grade among all safeties behind only Adrian Amos of the Packers. So he's developed into a really good player. He wasn't a guy who, you, I don't think mo- many thought he had superstar potential. He's more of a fundamentally sound guy, but he's just been so good in that role that he's become one of the better safeties in the league, especially in coverage when he's playing at free safety, because when he moved back there uh, after starting the year, sort of replacing Jamal Adams for the first five weeks, uh, he struggled a little bit with that, especially his missed tackles and in coverage. But week six, he moved back to free safety and from there, he was uh, he was very very good. So yes, I do think bringing back May is priority. Try to extend him. If not, you can just franchise tag him uh, and push it back to next year. I think it's about eleven million the tag cost for a safety, which is which makes sense for May. I think uh, so. Yes, that's a priority. But if they do let him go, uh, there are a few other routes I think they can go. One I think to look at is Keanu Neal from the Falcons, mostly mostly because of that connection with Jeff Ulbrich, who coached the defensive backs uh, or coached the defense this past season uh, as the defensive coordinator for the Falcons. So there is that connection uh, in terms of Atlanta. And, and Neil is a pretty solid player uh, this past season. His coverage numbers and his run defense numbers uh, and his tackling as well across the board, he was a decently above average player, not well above average, but um, about like most of his numbers covered in that 60th percentile range. So an above average starter, He's only going to be 26 when the season starts, has that connection. Uh, he's he's a strong safety, so I think if you did sign him, Ashton Davis would be moving to the free safety role, uh, or at least the majority of those responsibilities, while Keanu Neal is more of your box guy. Uh, so I think that's a replacement to look at if they do let go of May just because of the connection with Ulbrich. Uh, but then to look over to San Francisco, you have a guy in Jaquaski Tart. Um, if you want to look at that Niners connection, uh, he's a guy who's uh, a pretty versatile safety, is capable of handling really 
either role closer to the line or in the back end, but uh, more of a box guy. And he was very good in coverage this past season uh, and has been a pretty solid player for the Niners in the past two seasons when healthy, only played seven games this year. Uh, so uh, and only played 12 in 2019, eight the year before that, nine the year before that. So injuries are a problem for Tart, but he's been pretty good when he's been healthy. So those are two guys they'd probably look at um, just because of the connections, Tart with the Niners and Neil with the Falcons, uh, who they could look at if they do let Marcus May go. Uh, there are some other very good safeties in free agency. I don't know if they'd go that big. Like, I don't see the purpose of letting May go and then signing an expensive safety to replace him. Um, but Justin Simmons of the Broncos, John Johnson of the Rams, uh, those two guys are have been elite safeties the past few years. So um, they're, they're out there. Again, I don't see why they would do that, but uh, those guys are there. But if they do let May go, I think Tart and Neil are probably the most likely, just because of the connections and the fact that they were good starters last year are, are the most likely replacements. All right. Well, Michael, always great chatting with you. Great information on free agents who could interest the Jets. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Should be a very interesting offseason. That's our show for today. Thanks so much to Michael Nania for joining us the last couple days to talk about the free agent class of 2021. And thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back next week to talk more Jets.